0: Would you stand up on your feet and put your hands together for our beloved guest, Dion Hockey.
1: Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus a bigger clap offering. Come on, he's worthy. Oh, no, that's not a big one. Come on, give him big, 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 big praise. We love you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. How many of you are hungry for revival? Three of us. That's exciting. How many of you are hungry for a move of God? I would encourage you to come tonight as I have the privilege to speak again. This morning I'm just going to share my testimony, but tonight I want to uh uh, speak a little bit more on the uh, supernatural and the authority that we have in the lord and i'll continue but i want to lay hands on everybody tonight is that okay so how many of you want more anointing who wants more well then i want to challenge you encourage you to come tonight and uh, to receive a blessing from the lord also a healing if you also believe in god tonight for a greater miracle I shared my, my testimony this morning. How many of you were not here this morning? Can I see who was not here this morning? So I shared my testimony just real quickly because uh, it's, a, it's a long testimony, but um, I am from South Africa. My name is Dion Hockey, and I just want to introduce you to my wife, Shemaine. If you'd stand up, it's my pretty wife the Lord's given me. And uh, we've been married now for 28 years, but we've been together for... Thank you (laughs) but we've been together for 34 years already and she's blessed me with three boys so my eldest son is 26 who's married with a little daughter so we have a four-year-old granddaughter and then also we have identical twin boys and they are 24 years old who is also finishing the university this year and both getting married next year so (laughs) as i said this morning would you pray for us for that please (laughs) We um, are blessed by traveling throughout the world and preaching this wonderful gospel. We have been uh, in America now for almost 19 years. When I mean in America, I mean we still live and reside in South Africa, but we've been coming over to America for 19 years. So I, I call myself an African American. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've been in the shade a long time, but I'm an African American. Well, actually, I'm an African American Texan, (laughs) so (laughs) anyway, uh, yeah. And so we've just been uh, preaching in. uh, We've been in 40 countries already preaching this gospel, and we've just come up from uh, 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 Nome, Alaska. We ministered there with Pastor Austin, uh, Austin Jones, and we also had a a two-day outreach. uh, I said this morning up north, but it's actually down south from Nome in a town called Stebbins and, uh, and uh, St. Michael, and we ministered to, there's a, the town holds 700 people and 112 people got saved in two days. Oh. Hallelujah, that's really exciting. So uh, we um, saw lots of stuff happening, and uh, just by God's grace, here we are this morning with you guys, and again, thank you, Pastor, for having us. It's very hard, you know, for a minister to get a stranger on the platform for the first time. Who understands that? Yes. And so uh, you don't just open your pulpit to anybody. That's why I always say I count it an honor that we can be able to stand here and minister. I shared my testimony that this morning I come from an uh, absolute non Christian background. Nothing whatsoever. I grew up in a house with uh, alcohol. My mom and dad were both alcoholics. Um, My mom was more a drug addict than an alcoholic. And uh, when I talk drugs, I'm not talking about heroin and and that stuff. She was hooked on medicines, and uh, she knew how to get real high on that. And so I just grew up without Jesus. We had no Bible. We had no prayer. I didn't go to any church. I didn't go to Sunday school. I didn't go to children's church. I had nothing like that. So I grew up in, in Johannesburg of our country. Uh, we have a, a, a background of gangsterism. At the age of seven, I was the mascot for the Portuguese gang. My sister got involved with Portuguese people, and so I got drugged into this lifestyle of, of, of drugs and alcohol and fighting. And uh, again, I don't want to share much about my past because that's finished and I'm a new creature in Christ. Hallelujah. So, but I do want to say that at the age of 25, I was a full on alcoholic. I drank two bottles of brandy a day. I smoked 40 cigarettes a day, and I did whatever goes with that stuff. I'm so glad the Lord set me free. How many of you are glad? I'm so glad. Praise the Lord. And um, I became very sick in my body, and I broke out in sores, and um, I had this uh, like big spots all over me, and I would itch tremendously. And I would scratch all over, and I would bleed, you know. And the doctor said there was no uh, immediate healing that would, that would come back then. They didn't have a cure for, for that kind of disease. And uh, I went to the best skin specialist in our country, and they said, sorry, Mr. Hockett, there's nothing that we can do. So they gave me this, like, ointment stuff that I had to put over my body. It would, like, be grease. It wouldn't penetrate the skin, just form a layer so that the bacteria in the air couldn't attack my body. So when you wear clothes, it would stick to your body. And it was horrible. Who can understand that? Every day you just walk around with everything sticking to you. And, and so uh, it was just horrible. I drank more. I, was, I, I fell into a depression, you know, back then. And, and uh, my mother-in-law, who was a sinner, got wonderfully saved in that year when I got, when I got sick. So I was 25 years old, and Shemaine's mom got saved. And uh, I grew up on Elvis Presley and and rock and roll music, and so I loved dancing. And so we went for a barbecue at Shemaine's mom's house, and I was drunk again, you know, and put on some Elvis music and said to my mom, let's dance, because she was a great dancer. And she said to me, no, I don't dance anymore. Uh, And I said, why not? She said, because I'm a child of God now, and I'm finished with that stuff. I don't do that anymore. And I didn't understand that. I said, why? why would you do that? She says, because I'm here to serve Jesus. I've given my life to Jesus, and I'm finished with the things of the world. And then she said, I'm praying for you. And I said, don't say that. She said, but you need Jesus. You're going to go to hell because you're a sinner. And I said, I'm not such a bad sinner. You know, I stab people with knives, and I, you know, drag people over the tall road with cars, you know, and did stuff like that. And, and I'm not that a bad guy. <laughs> Come on, who understands that one? We sinners never see themselves as bad. You know, I'm not that bad. But uh, she said, no, you, you need Jesus, and I'm praying for you. Well, I didn't like that. And so when I got this, this disease on my body, she said to me, there's a man coming to our church who prays for sick people, and Jesus heals them. Why don't you come and try Jesus? Maybe he can heal you. And I said, God doesn't heal people. God kills people. You know, the, the good old sinner's, sinners uh, uh, arguments, when you can, you can talk to any sinner out there, their argument will be, God doesn't love us, God hates us, because why do babies die, and why is there war, and all of this stuff? Who understands those, uh, those old, you know, lies of the devil? So that was my argument. She said, no, Jesus can heal you. Why don't you come? The doctors can't heal you, so you need to come. And maybe God can try, you know, you can try God, maybe He'll heal you. Well, I, I said, okay, I'll do that. So we got in the car, put my suit on. I had my smokes in my jacket pocket, and off we drove to church. On our way to church, Shemaine's mom was in the back of the car, and she said, Dion, I just want to tell you that this church that we're going to is not a regular church. <laughs> and I said, uh, what do you mean? She said, well, this church tends to get happy, <laughs> and people clap hands, and people dance, and people shout. And I said, oh, I've heard about the happy clappies. <laughs> Anybody heard about that term, happy clappies? Do we have happy clappies here this morning? Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. Well, I said, it's okay, I can handle that, you know, and uh, we got to church, and when we got to church, Shemaine has a lot more uh, Pentecostal background. I remember, I have no background. I got married in a Dutch Reformed church because my wife said, if you want to marry me, we'll get married in church, and I said, well, whatever, you know, I I could get married in the court, But uh, she said, no, in church. So that was my understanding. i only been there once, and that was my wedding. And I remember at the wedding, I told the minister, I said, now, don't you preach too long. If you preach too long, I'm going to go home. On my own wedding, I said stuff like that. I was really hard. But um, so we got, Shemaine said, you know, in this church, you'll find people speaking funny languages. And I said, oh, that must be the devil. Have you ever heard people say speaking in tongues is of the devil? And so uh, that was my, my impression. We got into this church. I'm, a, I'm a, this fighter. I'm this, this bully guy, you know. And, and uh, I've been, I've, I've, I was taught even in my parents' house that you're a man, and a man doesn't show emotions. You're a cowboy. You don't cry. You take pain as it comes. You know, you, 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 you're tough. And so I walked into this church building, and there was this usher. I love sharing this because it was so funny. And uh, when I walked in, he shook my hand, pulled me close, and hugged me. And when he hugged me, I pushed him away, and I said, no, 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 I'm not like that. Don't hug me. You know, no huggy business. I'll to. i slap you rather than, you know, get a hug. So anyway, we walked into the church, sat down right in front. Now, that's a hard place to sit as a sinner is up front. Sinners love the back seats back there. I mean, I mean... (laughs) Hello, back there, all the <laughs> closer to the door. When trouble comes, you you can run first, you know. But anyway, we sat up front, and and the music started playing, and people were clapping and hands and shouting and dancing, and it kind of like freaked me out because I wasn't, you know, accustomed to this, and I didn't understand. There was a woman running around the church with a flag up in the air, you know, and people were shouting and. And uh, I, it was nice, but it was for me strange, and I, and I felt a little bit uncomfortable. And then they went from the fast songs to the slow songs. Now, this is really what got hold of me, is when they sang a song, Oh, the Blood of Jesus. We sang it in the first service. And uh, that song, Oh, the Blood of Jesus, you all know that song. And 400-plus people, 400 people went on their knees spontaneously, Without anybody ever begging them or asking them, they just bowed before God in worship. Young people, old people. When last have you bowed your knee in a worship service, in a public service? When last have you acknowledged Jesus to be your Lord and your King? When last have you done that? You know, I go so many churches around the world and people don't do it. Yet the Muslims, they bow to their God every single day. You know, and, I, and I just say, well, well, that's something that the Muslims are doing that we don't do. Uh-oh. We don't have that relationship, you know. So We just talk about God, but we never acknowledge Him as Lord. Anyway, that was for free. And so uh, we, we, you know, the people were worshiping and they were uh, everywhere. And I began to weep. It was just, you know... Uh, tears just streamed out of my face and, and I couldn't handle this, these people worshiping this God that I had no clue of, of or never heard of and, and kids were crying and older people were crying You know, and they were lying prostrate on the floor and, and so I began to weep so hard and remember I'm this gangster fighter guy and I thought to myself oh these people mustn't see me crying so I hid under the pews not in worship but in fear of what people would say about me and I was, just, I was just saying, please stop this, stop this, you know, just keep crying and crying. And then when they finally stopped, there was a man who was a, a big guy with a big black beard and, and, and hair. I'll never forget it. And he stood behind me with his arms raised and he went, And I looked and I said, wow, what is that? And it was such a a powerful experience when I heard tongues for the first time. Because the Bible says that tongues is a sign for the unbeliever. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you, this this sinner who'd never put his foot in, in church, you know, and never had a Bible, never heard about it. When I heard it, it shook me on the inside. And I'll never forget my very first thoughts was, I want what that man has, you know. It was so powerful. I want that. How many of you know when, when you meet God, you want more of God? Isn't that so? Well, long story short, you know, you sat down and uh, the preacher came out to preach. His name is Peter Pertorius uh, from Jesus. He's alive ministries in South Africa. And so uh, he, he came to preach and, and uh, he was a preacher. You know, I, I said in the first service, you get two types of preachers you get one who talks and communicates. You know, like me, I think I'm a talker more than a preacher. So I speak at a volume 3, go to a volume 5 when I get excited. Then you get volume 10 preachers. Who knows what I mean by that? <laughs> and then he was a volume 17, this guy. He was just spitting everywhere, and people were getting anointing for free. <laughs> and he preached on Jesus that morning, and it was so amazing. You know, he preached on, on how, how Jesus went to the cross and how Jesus died on the cross for us. And, and, and because I come from this background, uh, you know, of, of fighting and everything, he spoke specifically on how Jesus died at the cross. He spoke how Jesus was was ripped apart with, with a whip and how Jesus was nailed, you know, and, and how Jesus' beard was pulled out and punched and all of these things. And he went really into detail concerning this. And I just remember sitting there and, and I was so glued to what he was preaching, you know, coming from my background. And every time he would speak how Jesus had suffered, in my heart I would say, why would Jesus do that? And then when I would think it, the preacher would say, because he loves you. Because he loves you. Every time I would say, why would Jesus, because he loves you. And it was overwhelming. Why would Jesus love me? Why would Jesus, you know, go and and die on the cross for somebody like me who did all these awful things that I had done in the past? Yet the message was clear. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Long story short, he came to the point of the service where he said, I want every head bowed and every eye closed. And so I bowed my head and I closed my eyes and he asked the question, That is so mind-blowing to me uh, because there's so many people who haven't heard this question. And the question was this, if you had to die right now, where would you go? If you had to die right now, would you go to heaven or to hell? And I just knew that I knew I was going to go to hell. And then he said, you don't have to go to hell. All you got to do is believe on Jesus and he will save you. And then he said, if you would like to receive Jesus as your Savior, all you got to do is put your hand up in the air. Well, that was a very hard decision for me because I knew at that point of time that if I had to raise my hand, it would not be an act of religion, but it would be an act of change that I would have to take that will be forever. Because I knew if I was going to give my life to Jesus, it's going to be forever. It wouldn't be a religious act of saying, well, Jesus coming to my heart. Does anybody understand that? A lot of people come to church and they pray the little sinner's prayer to join the gospel club. I, just, I knew it was not that that I was going to do. I was going to do it forever. Come on, somebody. The word repentance means to turn around, to change your way of thinking, to step, go in another direction. And I knew that I was going to have to do that. Who understands that? A lot of people, I believe that 50% of Christians sitting in church are not even saved. The Bible speaks about, and Jesus speaks about the 10 virgins five were wise and five were foolish. Hello. There's a lot of stuff there. And that is a true, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, thinking, like, uh, can half the church not be saved? And I believe that with all my heart. There's a lot of people who go to church because mom and daddy went to church, you know, and daddy's daddy's daddy went to church, and I'm here because mom told me to be here, but I really don't want to be here. Who understands that? I've just come so that I can please the pastor and get the, get the well, well done, I'm glad you're here. You know, I'm just here because I want people to just pat me on the back and, and they can see, well, you, you're, a, you're, a good, you're a good Christian coming to church. There's far more than just going to church. Hello, somebody. And I just knew at that point of time, I'm going to have to make a choice. And so when he said, if you want to give your heart to Jesus, raise your hand, Charmaine and I both raised our hands, and we got born again on the 23rd of September, 1990, 11 o'clock in the morning. We walked forward and received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Come on, hallelujah. God saved gloriously. After we had prayed that sinner's prayer, the pastor said, uh, not only can Jesus save you, but he can heal you. And then he asked, uh, all the sick people must come forward so that they can get prayed for well i didn 't know what that 's about i 'd never been in a church where I, you know where people lay hands, so it was very strange and 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 and, and, and weird almost in a sense and so my mother in law who kicked me out made me stand right up front here in the middle of the church and i don 't know you know if you guys are accustomed to that. it was a horrible place to be up front here, you know where everybody feels like they 're looking at you so i 'm standing here and there 's all these sick people and and i 'll never forget. This pastor, he had this booming voice, you know. He went to a lady the first time and prayed for this lady. All right. Now, I'm standing here, and I'm looking, and I'm not sure what's going on. And he puts his hand on this woman. And uh, by that time, the microphone was turned off. The worship team was singing. So I'm, I'm, I'm checking this out. And he's got his hand, and he prays something. And then he says, in the name of Jesus. And that lady you know, falls to the ground. Now, you see, you you don't understand. My daddy taught me men don't hit women. And this guy knocked that woman out, flat out on the back, in church, mind you. (laughs) Does anybody understand that? I mean, I was blown away. How did he just knock that woman out? So next to this woman was a big guy. I mean, a big guy. He was way bigger than me, muscular, you no know, strong. This, this preacher was this big. So I'm thinking, how's this little guy going to drop that big guy? You know, I'm a fighter. And so he puts his hand on him. He couldn't touch his head, just put his hand on his chest. In the, in the name of Jesus. And that big man, whole building shook you. Know, and I thought, whoa, he's got to move. I don't know. He's dropping them like that, you know. He prayed for children, children, boom, 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 woman, boom, 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 you know, everybody. And I got freaked out. This guy's knocking them out, each and every one of them. And I'm not lying, you know, has anybody been in that where you've never seen something like... Anyway, the closer he came to me, you know, I put my foot like this and I said, let this guy touch me today we're going to have a Barney in church. You know, I'm just going to, I'm going to flatten him. But... The closer he came, I could see now he wasn't pushing them. Come on. I know some pastors love to do God's work for him by pushing people over. But um, uh, this, this man was just laying his hands and people were just going out. And so I came to the conclusion, if it's not him, it must be God. So all of this must be real. But now fear struck me. Because if God was hitting Christians like that, what was he going to do to me? You know, God is going to kill me. And i had been in many, you know, many fights and stuff. So I understand when you get punched, you know, it's not nice. It's hard. It's pain and all of that. So when he stood in front of me, this guy looked at me, he said, you gave your heart to Jesus. And then I said, "Mm-hmm, I did. He said, what do you need? I said, uh, well, I have the skin disease. You know, I showed him my problem. I said, I smoke, I drink, I swear, I gamble, I, I, I do dr- everything. I said, pray one pray, but don't push me. <laughs> so he just laughed and he said, no, no, don't worry. He said, close your eyes. He said, no, 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 no. I'm not. I kept one open, shut the other one. You know, suck a punch. You never know. And then he said, give me your hands. And I said, no, no, we don't hold hands here. I'm, I, I don't do that. So he begins to pray for me, and as he prays, honest to goodness, I'm not lying to you, I did not feel anything. I was actually waiting for God to hit me. You know, I was thinking God's gonna smack me down, it's gonna be sore, and he's praying, and I'm waiting, and I, I don't hear. I'm just waiting, pain, pain, pain. And then he says, Amen. I, amen. What do you mean, Amen? Everybody's on the floor. Why am I not on the floor? Doesn't Jesus love me? <laughs> Has anybody had that thought, you know? You know, doesn't God care for me? He said to me, man, he said, just believe God has healed you. Go home. Now, we've been four hours now in the service already. Four hours. And if you're a smoker sitting in a building where you can't smoke, you know, after four hours, your lungs are flapping. They want a cigarette. So any smoker in here, I still got three to go. That's okay. (laughs) Okay, they didn't catch that one. I took my jacket and I said to my wife, "Let's go." And so we walked out of the church building. And as we walked out of the building, I don't want to sound, you know, kitsch. Is that you understand the word kitsch? And I don't want to sound like religious or whatever. But when I walked out of the building, something had definitely changed inside of me. Amen. Amen. You know, the the Bible speaks about the born again experience. If anyone is in Christ, He is a new creation. The old man has gone. Behold, the new man has come. I find thousands of people come forward. They pray the sinner's prayer, and they go home, and they never change. They never change. And I would doubt whether you got saved when you did the little prayer, you know, to ease my conscience, but you did not change. Because anybody in Christ is a new creation. Your lifestyle changes. Your thinking changes. Your speaking changes. Your attitude changes. Everything changes. Come on, who's with me? And I find half the people in church just, you know, ugh, they're there. And, 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 you know, monkey see, monkey do is my favorite saying, you know, or the fancy word is when in Rome, do like the Romans do. So I find many people come to church and because some people jump and scream and shout, well, they just do the same, but they don't know why they do it. They don't know what it's about. You know, I just joined this, this church because it's a great church. But the heart, the relationship with God isn't there. And so... I walked out of this building, and I just knew something had changed. I I said to my wife, I feel so different. And when we got to the car, you know, as a smoker, as a habit, you take your smokes out. And and I looked at my packet of cigarettes. Shemaine looked at me, and I said, don't worry, honey, I'm finished. Broke the packet, threw it away, never touched the cigarette again after that day. Hallelujah. Never again. We went home. And... uh, you know, driving home, uh, get to the house, you know, I dropped Shemaine's mom off, and you know, she was a, le- a weird lady, but now she's my hero, I uh, praise God. She got me to Jesus, you know, and so I dropped her off, and remember, I still have this oily cream stuff on my body, and uh, I went to the, to the booze cabinet, I had lots and lots and lots of booze, and so I said to Shemaine, help me, and we took all the booze that we had, and I flushed it down the toilet and never touched the drop again from that day until today. The Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed, amen. So I went into the shower, and uh, you know, to wash the stuff off, I had to shower something like three or four times a day uh, when I had the disease, and I remember getting in the shower, and when I got in the shower, that song came into my mind again, oh, the blood of Jesus, and I begin to weep in the shower again. I think I cried harder than the water falling on my head. And I just, oh, the and When I got out of the shower, I looked at my body and there was not one mark. I was completely healed from the top to the bottom. Glory to God. Not one mark. I'm serious. I said, Shemaine, look what has happened. And she was excited, you know, and I was excited. And then the next thing, I phoned Charmaine's mom up, you know, to tell her the good news. And I said, Mom, guess what, what? She said, what? I said, I'm healed, I'm healed. Jesus healed me. And she got all excited, you know, as mothers do. And then I said this, I said, Mom, do you remember in church those people were speaking in that funny language? She said, yes, we call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I said, whatever, I want that. How do I get that? You know, when you get when you when one gets born again, you want the gifts of the Spirit. You want what God has for you. I always find it amazing that people come to church and become undercover agents for Jesus, you know. I call them the submarine Christians. Uh oh. Who knows what the submarine is? You know, a submarine when they go under the water, beep, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, boop. Hello, praise God, hallelujah, how are you? They look holy, they sound holy, they can even speak in tongues. And boop, they're gone again Monday, Tuesday. They don't don't go to church, they don't pray, they don't minister, they don't do nothing. Undercover agents for Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, thank goodness I'm not like that. See, everybody looking at me ignoring what I just said, well, you are, obviously. A lot of people having no impact in the lives of people. A lot of big mouths, you know. The Bible says they they have a form of godliness, but they deny the very power thereof. The Bible says they worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. It's just amazing how many flakes we have sitting in church week after week after week, but they really don't do anything or mean anything for God's kingdom. I'm sorry, I'm preaching this morning, Pastor. I don't know about you, I am sick and tired of religiousness, even in. Pentecostal charismatic churches, people who have this flair about them, but nothing at home will show that what they have in here is happening at home. Nothing. Nothing. And it hurts my heart to know that we can put a show in here, but we grieve the spirit out there. It's not what we can do in here. The fruit is what we do out there. Hello, somebody. You can have 50 degrees on your wall, and you can have how many counseling sessions and how many, you know, Bible college degrees. If you haven't led a soul for Jesus, you have done nothing for his kingdom. If you haven't changed somebody's life or had an impact in somebody's life, you have done nothing for Jesus. So sad. Tonight I'm going to speak on that. Pray, Lord, Lord move in you, do something with you tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, who wants that anointing? You know, I, I, did I say that this morning? I can't remember. That my wife and I, this is our 26th year of having 300 meetings every year for 26 years. 300 meetings every year for 26 years. Some pastors phone me up. They say, brother, we want you to come and preach. And I'm not just saying this here now because it's a short note. But in general, they say, we want you to come and have a revival in our church. I said, really? They said, yes. When can you come? I said, well, I'm booked up a year ahead of time, but I'll come maybe in that time. And then I say, I'll come a Sunday, and we'll do until Friday. And if God does show up, we'll go another two or three weeks. Then you hear it get quiet like it is now. <laughs> what? No, we just, you know, we wanted you to come one, one service. I said, well, do you want revival or you want another church meeting? Because revival doesn't break out in one meeting. Hello, somebody. Now, when we have extended meetings, God begins to move and touch people and change people. And, and things happen. Who understands that? I went into a church one year and got out two years later, bless the Lord, after a Sunday to a a Friday meeting. My longest revival has been two years and, you know, five weeks and ten weeks or whatever the case may be. But a lot of people say, I want revival. And then when I speak the way I do, they say, you want me to come to church seven days a week? Are you mad? I might just get saved and changed in those seven days. Okay, You didn't get that one either. Come on, who understands what I'm saying? If you, you know, some people say, well, sitting in church is too, you know, it's too much for me. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. If you cannot handle a long church service, what are you going to do in heaven one day? Uh-oh. If you cannot handle a long worship service, what are you going to do one day in heaven? Because we're going to sit in church forever and ever and ever and worship forever and ever and ever and ever. We're not going to go home, have a smoke break, drink a couple of beers, you know, watch some football on TV and then go back to church. No, we will be with God forever and ever and ever and ever. And if you cannot handle that here, you've got a problem up there. Come on, this old, all that earth is, is a preparation for what lies ahead one day. Now I can see the disappointment in some people. Really?
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Now, who wants revival? <laughs> you see, the sad thing is you say you want revival, but half of you won't be here tonight. You see, the fact that that's the fact of the matter, and, and, and don't feel bad about it. Every church I go to, everybody says, I want revival. I want, but they don't, come, they don't even come to the evening services because they don't have a hunger and a desire after God. Yeah. Pastor gave such a great, good, great quote this morning, you know, uh, those who are hungry for God are going to have those encounters with God. Right. Jesus kept the, speaking the parables. I love what you said, you know, keeps the secrets away. But those who are seeking God will find those secrets. The other people, just <laughs> they come in and go out. Didn't mean nothing. Didn't change. Who wants revival? See, if you wanted revival, you'll be here early tonight. You'll be up and ready to receive an anointing. You'll come prayed up, fired up, and filled up with the Holy Ghost, saying, Lord, I am not happy at where I am right now. I want to get to that next level. Hello, somebody. I want to get to the next level. Well, some people are just in that rut. I'm okay. Don't rock my boat. Don't tell me what to do and how to do it. Oh, I'm preaching this morning. A little bit different from the first service. Who wants revival? My mom said to me, go into your bedroom and pray and ask God that He'll give you the Holy Spirit. I said, how? I don't know how to do that. She said, well, just say, Lord, give me the Holy Spirit, and then you open your mouth and wait on him. So I did that. It was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I said to Shemaine, I'm going to go and pray. I'd never prayed before. Don't know how to pray. Didn't even have a Bible. I went into to the bedroom, the spare bedroom, shut the door behind me, and I went to the bed, just like mom said, and I knelt by the bed. And I said this. I said, hello, are you here? I said, Mom said, I must ask you for the Holy Spirit. I don't know what it is, but (laughs) honestly, I opened my mouth for four hours. Nothing happened. Nothing. Just waited. Well, in that time, I fell asleep. Fell forward on the bed, you know, and I fell asleep. And I woke up. And when I woke up, there was a very, very bright light in my room, so bright that it wasn't the, the sunlight brightness, it wasn't lights, it was another brightness. I looked at my watch and it was two o'clock in the morning, so it wasn't, you know, well, what was that? It was, there was a presence behind me, so strong, the, the light just filled the room. And I turned around and I saw Jesus stand in the bedroom with me with his arms open. Whether you would believe that or not, eternity will tell the truth one day. But Jesus stood with his arms open and he looked at me and he smiled at me and he said the following. He said, come, follow me. Now, I have a lot of people ask me questions, you know, what does he look like and all that. I, you know, it's hard to describe because of the glory, but I can tell you, though, he has fire in his eyes. And there is nothing that his eyes cannot see. I'm telling you, when we talk about the fear of the Lord, people don't understand the fear of the Lord until you see him. And when I mean the fear of the Lord, it's not that. It is that, that reverence. Of a God who knows everything. You cannot hide what, what is any, anything you've done. You cannot hide it from God. Well, you know, uh, he didn't tell me, I'm calling you to do this and do that. You know, nothing. All he said was, come, follow me. And the very next minute, I begin to speak in other tongues. The Bible speaks about streams of living water that will flow from your belly. And uncontrollably, and I just started speaking and speaking and speaking. And I looked and Jesus was gone and the room was dark. And and I just, you know, I didn't know what's going on. But I, I couldn't speak English, you know. I couldn't speak just tongues, just out of me but and I I was, I prayed obviously right through the rest of that morning and I went to work on Monday and I was still speaking in tongues I went to bed on Monday night still speaking in tongues no English you you got I went to work on Tuesday no no English just speaking people we had a like a gift store that was my business I had and so people would come in and they would say good morning how are you and I'd say and they, they would say do you speak English I said yeah, yeah but they say oh okay <laughs> I did. Tuesday, Tuesday night, still spoke in tongues. Wednesday morning, woke up still speaking in tongues. I was laughing, then crying, laughing. You know, I wasn't in a church service where people fall down and laugh. You know, I didn't know about that. I would, one minute, I would just be weeping for an hour. Then I would be laughing for an hour. Then I'd be shaking for an hour. I thought I'd lost it. You know, the Bible says, John the Baptist said, Jesus will come and he will baptize you with fire and with the Holy Ghost goes hallelujah i had an encounter with god and so by wednesday afternoon i really still no bible nothing i'm just speaking in tongues you know i feel this wave of of power electricity going in and through and over me and um, a black man comes walking into my shop and i don't know but it's like a magnet i'm drawn to this man you know something just draw- i walk to him And I'm still, and I take his arm, and when I took his arm, he looks at me, and I look at him, and I say this, do you know Jesus? And I stopped speaking in tongues, my very first English words, do you know Jesus? And he looked at me, and he, you know, had those big old white eyes and white teeth, you know, and he said, yes, I know Jesus. I said, oh, praise God. I said, can you tell me what's going on with me? I don't know what's happening with me. (laughs) It's the truth. And he was an assembly of God ministers, spiritful, tongue-talking, whom the Lord sent to my shop, you know. And so we went into my office, and he said, What's going on? I said, Pastor, his name was John. I said, Pastor John, this is what happened. And I shared with him what I'm sharing with you, you know, how God had healed me and all of that and appeared to me, and we got so excited. We both started speaking in tongues again there in the office. (laughs) But then something else happened. He said this, tonight we have a little gathering of people. He said, won't you please come with me and share to the people what happened to you? And I said, yes, I'll do that. How many of you know that's a fruit of salvation is to go and tell immediately of what Jesus had done for you? So many people get become Christians, but they zip their lip and they hide the truth away. At my job, people don't know I'm a Christian. At school, people don't know I'm a Christian. I laugh at the filthy jokes. I still drink and visit with the world because I don't want to be associated in the worldly side with Christianity because what would they say or what would they think of me? Hello, somebody. The Bible says I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. Don't know what people see in your life. But hopefully they'll see Jesus and not the devil. Because I've walked into many churches where I cannot differentiate what is a Christian and what is the worldly person. Cannot, cannot, I can put them in the street. You can put the two together and you will not know the difference. But my Bible teaches me and Peter that we are a, a, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We are a peculiar people. Come on, I don't look like the world or talk like the world or perform like the world. I am like Jesus. I'm a Christian. I talk like him and walk like him and move like him and do what he does. Not other, the other way around. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's speaking to you this morning, not to me. Hallelujah. These flaky, airy, fairy, spiritual, scary Christians that we get who can prophesy in church and put on a shining light, but they cannot do nothing out there. Uh Uh-oh. So much stuff, but nothing out there. How sad. John said, would you come with me? And I said, sure, I'll go with you. I phoned Shemaine up and I said, Shemaine, I just met this pastor. I don't know who he is. But he asked me to go and speak somewhere, and I just, you know, I'm going to go with him. So we locked up shop. I get in the car, and we drive. Now, where we would stay is a mountainous area, you know, like here. We drove through the mountains. I'd never been there. I didn't even know this was there. There was a village up in the mountainous area. And it was about 7 o'clock that evening when we finally got there. And uh, I remember we stopped outside of a little building. It's actually a school building. But you've got to understand the poverty in our country, you know, it's not fancy stuff like this. It's literally just a shack out there. And uh, the door was on this side, and John, Pastor John and I, we walked in, and uh, there was literally over 400 people sitting there that night. And uh, we walked in, and on this side of the building, there were six witch doctors, traditionally clothed. How many of you know what witch doctors are? You know, they, they call on the ancestors and they do this healing stuff. But how many of you know witch doctors are absolutely from the devil? And if you've been to a witch doctor, you need deliverance, I'm telling you right now. But anyway, we walk past them. Six of them, they had leopard skins on, you know, and they had their drums and their, their spears and stuff. And I, I'm accustomed to that. So we walk past, and here in the middle aisle was an old lady, 74 years of age, who had fallen and broken her leg so that the bone literally stuck out of the leg. You could see it. Now remember, again, no hospitals, no doctors and stuff over there. And so they just threw this old dirty towel over this thing. And here was this, I mean, 74 years old. There she's lying. And so we walked past and we sit on this side. As we sit there, I say to Pastor John, I said, what's going on here? And he said, well, the truth is, this is not a church service. The witch doctors have come to the village, got the whole village together, and they're going to exercise traditional healing on the people. But then John says this, but we got to be wise as serpents, but as gentle as doves. I said, hmm, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. What. He said, we got to preach Jesus to these people. I said, yeah, 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 that sounds great. You know, John's going to preach to them. So John gets up, and uh, he makes the people quiet. Speaks in English, and he says to the audience, he says, today, before the witch doctors come to do what they do, he says, today, you are going to see the power of Jesus like never before. Yeah. Now, I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, Woo, you know, John's going to preach. This is going to be powerful. You know, I'm very excited. And so John gives this big introduction, and you've got to understand, ladies and gentlemen, it's not a church service, okay? Not a church service. This is sinners sitting there who've come for the witch doctors. And here we come. Well, actually, John came. It's not my fault. And he interferes in their meeting. And then John does something that was very horrifying to me. He looked at me like this. He pointed, and I make the joke, but the longest black finger I've ever seen in my life. He said, come here. And I look, I said, me? No, 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 no. He said, come here. Come here. And I said, what's wrong? And then I didn't have a Bible. The Lord knows I did not have a Bible. I have no knowledge about the Bible. He took a, a, a New King James Bible. He had an English Bible. He pops it in my tummy like this, and he says, you preach, and he sits down. Now, I'm standing like this, holding the Bible with 400 people looking at me and six very angry witch doctors. Who's heard about the term being thrown into the deep end? I didn't go to Bible cemetery school. I mean seminary school. You'll catch that later on as well. I wasn't taught how to preach. I have no clue about nothing. All I know is Jesus healed me on Sunday and I got saved. That's all I know. So, I'm holding the Bible, there are 400 people looking at me, and I'm thinking, So, what am I gonna do? I don't know what to do, so the Bible accidentally slips out of my hand and falls to the ground. So, as it falls open, I just pick it up and I said, Let's read. Sounded like a good idea. (laughs) The Bible falls open in 1 Kings chapter 18, the story of Elijah and the 450 bold prophets. Has anybody heard that story? Never. Didn't even know who Elijah was. Okay. I had no idea. So I just read this. Now, I'm just going to share my experience. As I read, it says, And Elijah challenges these 50, 450 bold prophets. So I'm thinking, hmm, Elijah must be a good guy. You know, he, he's got his name in this book. It's a holy book. So he must be the good guy. The 450 bold prophets, mm, bad guys. Okay. So... Elijah challenges them and says to them, why don't you build an altar, put an offering on it, and pray to your God. And if your God answers with fire, we know he's the real God. He says, but if your God doesn't answer with fire, Elijah said, I'll I'll, I'll build an altar and bring an offering and I'll pray to my God. And if my God answers with fire, we know who's the real God. So while I'm reading, I'm only there now, I'm thinking, hey, I like this guy. You know, you're not going to make a challenge if you don't know who your God is. You see, there's a lot of people sitting in church. They can talk Jesus, quote scriptures, but they don't have a clue about the power of Jesus. They don't have a revelation on who he is. Oh, boy. A lot of people, they can talk Jesus, but there's nothing else about that. So, I'm reading this. And the Bible says that uh, the, the, the bold prophets accepted Elijah's challenge and they bring an altar and put the offering in you know, on. And, and, and so they begin to pray, the, actually from the morning till the evening. They call and they're guards and they shout. So, so while I'm reading this, again, my eye is, is looking at this lady with a broken leg. There are six witch doctors here. And silly me, instead of finishing the story... I say to Pastor John, I said, John, come help me. He says, what's wrong? I said, pick that lady up and bring her here. He said, why? I said, don't worry, just pick her up. So she's on a stretch and they lay her down in front of me. And let me tell you again, my thought of thinking, I was thinking, hey, I saw Jesus heal people on Sunday. I was healed. If Jesus can heal me, he can heal this broken leg. Come on, who agrees? I mean, God's the healer. He can do the miracle. That was my plain, simple thinking. If he could heal me, he could heal this woman. So I said to the witch doctors, I haven't finished the story yet, okay? I'm just there halfway. And I said to the witch doctors, I said, you've come to do traditional healing? And they said, yes. I said, now I challenge you to heal this broken leg. How, How many of you know when you get radically saved, you do radical things? Is anybody radically saved in this house? Uh, will you help me? You know, faith without works is dead. So, would you tell your neighbor, "It's time to become radical for Jesus"? Come on, say that again to your neighbor. Time to get radical for Jesus. Stop being ashamed of who you are. Be proud of who you are. Amen. Jesus said in Mark 11:22, "Have faith in God." Don't have faith in your preacher or in a church. Have faith in God. Give him praise if you believe that. Come on. Have faith in Jesus. Have faith in God. So the witch doctors, believe it or not, they accept my challenge. They stand up, and they form a circle around this lady. And uh, the one guy has got his drum, and he begins to bum, 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 you know, beat the drum. And and so they begin to chant, and they begin to, you know, it was actually very sad, because one guy had her by that broken leg and was pulling on that leg, you know. And she was screaming in agony, and another one had like powdery stuff and threw it on her, and another one had this watery stuff, you know, and it was... And the, the audience... Well, they got involved, but not in our church involvement. The demons started manifesting everywhere, doing all of this stuff, and their eyes were rolling back. and, And I'm standing now with my back against the wall, literally holding the Bible, and I'm observing this, and I happen to look at John, and his eyes are this big. It's like, what are you doing, you know? So I'm just watching this, and honest to goodness, I... I, I look at the Bible, and you can go and read it this afternoon. The Bible says, Elijah says to the bold prophets, why don't you shout a little bit louder? Perhaps your God's asleep. So I did the same. I said, hey, why don't you shout louder? Maybe your ancestors are sleeping. <laughs> Sound like a good idea. And they hum, bum, 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 They shouted and danced. And then I, 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 well, actually, they were dancing and shouting. The next minute... This, uh, uh, I read again, it says, the bold prophets cut themselves so that the blood flowed. And when I read that, I looked up and one of those uh, witch doctors took his, his spear, cut himself, took the blood and wiped it on that woman. The devil is stupid. I need an amen here. The devil is a liar. The devil is a copycat. Hello. There's only one blood. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood who washes us and cleanses us, sets us free. Hallelujah. Revelation. You can be a Satanist and drink blood and eat cats and kill babies. Blah, you're going to get sick and die, man. Come on. There's only one blood. One blood. I, I watched this, you know. And so... It, It must have been about 15 to 20 minutes. They were busy on this woman, and eventually I couldn't take it anymore. And I said to Pastor John, help me. And I said to the witch doctor, sit down, sit down, sit down, you know, and tell the people, sit down. It took about 10 minutes to calm them down. And so eventually they sat down, and I could see that I I called her the mother, you know. She was just so happy that they weren't busy with her. And um, so they all sat down, and now I have 400 very angry people looking at me. Angry, I'm telling you. And I said to them, let's finish the story, because I didn't know how it ends. So I read it, and it says, Elijah goes at the evening offering. He builds an altar, and he takes, he has another miracle, water, and throws it over the altar. How many of you know that? Three times he drenches the altar with water, because fire and water cannot mix So there's no magic. If you make a study on that story, you will find that when the bold prophets did these things, there was a trench underneath their offerings, and there would be a man hiding away. And so when they would apparently call on their gods, there was a guy at the bottom who would light the fire. And so nobody saw or knew about that. It's true. Go and read it out. It's very interesting. But anyway, so Elijah knew. No, No tricks, no gimmicks. So he prays the simple prayer of faith. Say that with me, the simple prayer of faith. Because I can immediately know when I'm in a room, I can know when somebody's praying the prayer of faith and somebody's praying the prayer of doubt. You say, is there a difference? Oh, I believe that. The prayer of doubt is when the guy prays from Genesis right through to Revelation, quoting every miracle that God did. Some even throw the King James in. Dear God, I know what this day, Lord, if thou as willeth, Lord. <laughs> okay. But the prayer of faith is when somebody just prays and gets the job done. You pray in the name of Jesus. Who understands? Well, Elijah prayed, simple prayer. He said, Father, I know you hear my prayer. You always hear my prayer. But for the sake of these people, let your fire fall. And when he prayed, the Bible says, fire came down from heaven, consumed the meat. The stones, everything, just whoosh, took it all away. And the, the bold prophets, they jumped up and they began to shout. They said, Elijah, Elijah, your God's the real God. And he didn't say, I'm so happy. He took his sword out and killed them all. I like that guy. <laughs> just chopped them up. How many of you are glad that we live under the dispensation of grace? Praise God. How many of you are glad I didn't bring a sword in here tonight, today? So when I read the story, you know, and, and when I'd finished, and I was so amazed, you know, that, that God would do something like that. When, I, when I'd finished that, I put the Bible down, and here's this mama in front of me, this mother, and she's looking at me, eyes this big, and I said, don't worry, mama, I'm not going to hurt you. And in my heart, now please remember, I'm three days old in Jesus. I've never prayed. I don't have a Bible, didn't go to Bible school. All I, all I know is that God can heal this woman. So, in my my heart now, in my mind, I'm speaking to the Lord. I'm saying, God, what must I do? Because these people are looking at me. And I hear, as clear as you hear my voice, God say, put your hand on that leg. And I said, "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. You know, it's bone and blood and stuff. And God said, put your hand on that leg. And I said, all right, Lord. So, I knelt down and ever so gently, I touched her leg. And I said, what now? And as clear as day, I heard his voice say to me, ask me to heal her. And I said, I can do that. So I said, Father, I ask you, please heal this leg. Took my hand away, stood back, looked. She looked. Everybody looked. Guess what happened? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. And My first argument with the Lord, I said, God, the Bible had a good ending. I need an ending here. you got to help me. They're going to kill me, you know. That's true. I I said that to the Lord. And then I heard him a third time say this. He said, you prayed wrong. And I said, but Lord, I don't know how to pray. Please teach me how to pray. Now, so funny what you said this morning. and, And I just, God doesn't give us immediate answers sometimes. God does speak to us in riddles or parables because He wants us to think. Hello, somebody. So He said to me this. He said, do you remember how that man prayed on Sunday? That was His answer. And I was thinking, and I'm still now, everybody's looking at me. This is what's going on inside me. And I said, how did He pray? How? Oh, and it hit me like a revelation. He said, in the name of of Jesus. Come on, there's no other name like the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says in John 16, 23, Jesus is speaking and Jesus says, in that day you will ask me nothing, but whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, I will give to you what you ask. A lot of people are asking Jesus for stuff. No, talk to Jesus. Ask the Father in the name of Jesus, and you will have far more prayer results answered. Hallelujah. God will answer your prayers far more accurately. Because that was for free if somebody didn't know that. You ask the Father in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Well, I got this revelation. It hit me. That mind in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. So I immediately, you know, when revelation comes, or revelation means understanding, when that comes, it's got a rippling effect. Revelation produces understanding, which produces faith, which produces works, which produces results. Yes. See, a lot of people sit in church, they have a lot of word knowledge, but no heart knowledge of the word. So they haven't had the revelation on the word. That's why most people are not applying the word in their lives. We come to church Sunday after Sunday and pastor will spoon feed and pastor will help you, which is right, because faith comes by hearing. But most people are taking what they get and they put it here or or here, but they never apply it out there. And I don't know about you, but Paul said, you say you have faith. He said, I'll show you my faith by the works that I do, because faith needs works attached to it. Well, there's two amens I'm getting. here. Well, what happened about I'm saved by grace and not by works? That's a different thing. It's not the religious works that we do. We still have faith and we need to exercise. How are people going to get saved if you don't witness to them? How are people going to get healed if you don't lay hands on them? You get what I'm trying to say? Anyway, so uh, I, I just got this revelation about the name of Jesus. And immediately I put my hand on her leg. And I said, Father, I ask you... In the name of Jesus to heal. And when I said that, it was like fire or electricity that came out of my hand. And that bone literally began to push back under the skin like water that goes down a drain. That skin, that hole closed up like that. I looked, she looked. I took her by the hand and I said, stand up in the name of Jesus. And she stood up miraculously, completely healed by the power of God. Hallelujah. Completely healed. Pandemonium broke out. People would jump. The witch doctors I I jumped the most of everybody. You gotta understand. And I was so excited, you know, and people were screaming, and this old lady was jumping. You know, four o'clock that next morning, she climbed the mountain with me to go and pray. That's how healed she was. So When the people were shouting and jumping, and I said, stop, 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 stop. I said, how many of you want to receive my Jesus? And how many of you want the witch doctor's ancestors? In other words, who wants to give their hearts to Jesus? And 400 people plus six witch doctors gave their lives to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. My first altar call. My first altar call, 400 people got saved, you know. Uh, Stuff just started happening, and I can tell you much more of that. But I asked the people, who wants to have church tomorrow night? They said, yes, yes, yes. So uh, I said, all right, let's come back. So the next night I came back. The church was full. I opened the Bible, and wherever I opened it, I just read it to them, applied what it said, and things just started happening. And so I planted my first church, three days old, in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And the church developed from that. We planted eight other different churches that I've planted. I have uh, 12 ministers ordained under our ministry. And God is just so good. And, f- you know, from the church planting, now, well, obviously, God's opened up doors and we travel throughout the world preaching this. And, and I thank God that I have this privilege, this honor to share this with you because I want to let you know that God is not in a one man show business. And if you think that you're not good enough or you won't qualify, well, come tonight. I'll teach you how to qualify because I have more testimony to share with you. But please come tomorrow, uh, tonight sorry, that I can lay hands on you, believe God, for you to be used of God. Because it's not about us. It's about you. <laughs> revival, and I end with this, revival is this. Are you listening? Revival is not needed out there. Revival is needed in here salvation is needed out there. But if the church is not revived and got that fire, the, the people out there will never get saved. So God's got to get you on fire to get the people out there on fire. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'm going to deposit something into you tonight and I hope you'll come to come and hear what God has to say. But can I do this with your head bowed, please, and your eyes closed? I'm going to ask that nobody would move around just maybe our keyboard player can come up. But nobody else to move around. I want to I wanna ask you guys a question this morning. And I want you to listen individually to what I have to ask. You heard me preach a little bit with a testimony. But the question I want to ask you is this. If you had to die this morning if you had to get into a and God forbid I say this under the blood of Jesus but if you had to get in a car accident and die or have a heart attack and die would you go to heaven or would you go to hell and if you say to me brother Dion I'm not sure I think I'll go to heaven thinking is not knowing you're going to go to hell Somebody else will say, well, if I die, I hope I'm going to go to heaven. Hoping is not knowing you will go to hell. There are people maybe sitting here this morning who says, well, I know that if I die, I'm going to go straight to hell. Brother, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I I, I, I want to receive Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. uh, Brother, you were speaking this morning about sitting in church. Well, I'm like that. I sit in church, but I don't have relationship with God. I don't do what I'm supposed to do. I'm just here. I'm a church goer. I'm not a Christian. But I want you to pray for me this morning, please. That I can make Jesus the Lord of my life. I need him so much. Without anybody looking except me. If you would love for me to pray for you. I'm going to c- count to three. And I want you to raise your hand up high. Don't worry about the person in front of you. The person behind you. It's you and Jesus right now. One, two, three. Many hands are going up. God bless you for raising your hand. You say, but, 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 you know, I'm scared. What, what, what are pe- Don't worry about people. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about your pastor sitting here. He can't save you, see. I cannot save you. Mother Mary cannot save you. There's only one Savior, Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon his name will be saved. Now, those of you who raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to be bold and I'm going to ask you to be brave. Not for me, but for yourself and for Jesus. And if you mean business this morning, those who raise their hands, stand to your feet right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, you stand, those who raised your hands. You stand for the King. You stand for Him. Now, those of you that are standing, look at me. Here comes the third thing I'm going to ask you. It's a good thing, not a bad thing. Would you all come stand up front here? I would love to pray with you that you can receive Jesus. Let's give God praise for these people as they come on down. Somebody get excited. Come on. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Come on. Give God another clap offering. This is wonderful. We honor you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Now. Don't you dare sit there in the pew and say, wow, there goes brother so-and-so again. Who are you to judge? And who are you to point a finger when people having a personal, you know, decision they're making with their Savior? If you are judging somebody, friend, you are backslidden. You need salvation yourself this morning. You need to get saved. Whether there are first-time decisions or rededications, Who cares? I'll make right with God. Who can say amen? I just want to know that I know, that I know. If I die, I'm going to make it to heaven. So audience back there, would you help me one more time? Would you turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor, neighbor, are you right with Jesus? Come on, help me evangelize. If they're not right with Jesus, take them by the hand and bring them down to the front. Come on, don't ignore me or help me. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you right with Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Have you committed to Jesus? And if they haven't, come on, bring them down. Bring them down. There's another one coming. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, there's another one coming. Somebody get excited and give God a clap offering. Come on, bring them down. Bring them down. Bring them down. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I feel a revival coming. God can do something great. There's another one. Come on, give God praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Now, you know, you can be looking down at the ground and hope that I don't see you or God doesn't see you, but God sees you. And you can walk out of this church refusing to give your heart to Jesus. The first service we had there, two people just refused to stand up. When you walk out that door without giving your heart to Jesus, I'm telling you right now, you are going to be divinely miserable. The Holy Ghost is going to get you. So you might as well make right right now. Amen. Come on down, young man. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Make right with God. Anybody else? How many of you agree with me? This is the biggest miracle of all miracles. Bigger than a blind eye being opened or a deaf hearing. This is what it's about. Let's all stand. You guys up front, would you hold your hands like this? And you guys back there, would you stretch your hands out to them? Now, look at me, all of you up front here. I'm not going to beat about the bush. I'm going to speak the truth. You're standing here because you feel God pulling you here. But I don't want you to pray a religious prayer by saying, oh, Jesus, come and live in my heart, and then I'm going to go out there and get back into the dope and the booze and the porn and all of that stuff. Uh, Then I didn't repent. I'm going to repent, turn from my wicked ways, and serve God, not for one day, not for one week, for the rest of my life. And if you're not willing to do that, I don't want to pray with you. You can go and sit down. Because you are to make a decision that will be forever. Yeah. A life and death decision. This is what you're doing. Life and death. It means heaven or hell. So, it okay if I speak the truth? You make this decision. You guys are young. You're going, to go through, you're going to go through temptation. You're going to go through people mocking you and people teasing you. And people are going to say, come on, don't be such a you know, Christian. You can enjoy life. No, you make a decision. Today, I'm giving my life to God 100%. He died 100% for me. I'm giving 100% for him. Is that fair of me to ask you? Are you willing all to do that? Are you sure? and close your eyes and say out loud after me. Church, would you all pray with them? Everybody said as Heavenly Father, I stand before you in the name of Jesus and I confess that I have sinned. But I ask you now, by faith, please forgive me of all my sins. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that now washes me and cleanses me Of all my sin. As I stand here now, I have no more sin. I am forgiven. Say it again I am forgiven. forgiven. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. And I believe that God raised you from the dead. And I ask you right now, by faith, come and live in my heart. I receive you now as my God, and my Savior, and my friend, and I make you Jesus, the Lord of my life. I turn from my wicked ways, and I choose to follow you. I will serve you with all of my heart, all of my soul, and all of my being. This morning, right now, I am born again. I am saved. If I should die, I will not go to hell. I will go to heaven because my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you, God, for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, give him a big, big, big clap. Up.
0: Come on, somebody say hallelujah. All right, all of you that are up front, would you please look at me? Would you make eye contact with me? Just, just for a moment. Pastor Vince is just right here, this good-looking black man right here with his hand raised. Here's what, if you would just help me, please. We want to help you. Help me to help you. Would you follow him right down the center aisle? Put your hands together for these guys. Guys, go ahead. Would you help them? We, want, we have a gift for you. We want to just take a moment of your time. Brother and sister, DeVries, would you help us, please? With the Coxes, would you help us? Matthew, Christie, would you help us, please? Praise God. I think we ought to give them a little bit of a better hand clap than that. With the Bearers, would you help us? Roger, would you help us? Outside? Wonderful. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Come on. Come on.
2: Come on, you can do a little better than that. Come on.
0: Whoa. Come on. You remember when you got saved? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. We give you glory. Pastor Alex, would you just lead us? Come on, lift your hands. and Let's just worship as they're helping them out there. Does anybody need healing right where you are? We prayed already, but just going to pray one more time. Would you lay hands just on that part of your body that needs healing right now? Come on, if God can take a 74 year old. Lady with a compound fracture, put the bone. I, how many of you know, I don't see anybody with a compound fracture today. Come on, he could do it for you. Like we said, if it's dead, he can raise it up. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you. We declare the truth of your word that it says that by your stripes we're healed. So we say today, in Jesus' name, be healed, be made whole, release your healing virtue, oh God right now. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Be healed in Jesus' name. Demonic torment. There's a number of people, you're, you're suffering with a demonic torment. Comes at night, you see shadows, hear voices, things like that. It's not a psychological thing. It's a spiritual thing. I command demonic torment to be broken right now in the name of Jesus be free be loosed from suicidal thoughts from every lie of the enemy in the name of Jesus hallelujah For the blood oh You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're going to go ahead and receive an offering for our guests. They're still ministering to those that are out in the lobby. If you're not ready to give tonight, uh, this morning you can come back tonight. Don't miss tonight. Powerful service, praise God. How many of you received encouragement this morning, faith this morning? glory to God ushers would you assist us please the entirety of this offering will go to our guests we'll send them off with one check amen you can give online if you like I know we've gone a little bit long this morning but sometimes it takes a little bit to deposit something how many of you know that glory to God you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. We worship you. We bless you, oh God. There's no one like you. Thank you for what you've done this morning. Ushers, would you come, please? Ushers, thank you. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the ministry of your Holy Spirit this morning. The freedom, the power, the authority. We thank you for souls and people coming to your kingdom. We thank you, oh God, for this precious family the Hockeys. We ask, Lord, that you would cover them, meet their every need, open up doors of opportunity. Bless all the churches that they're over. Use them mightily into your service, God. May they be refreshed in this great north land, the land of the midnight sun. Thank you for the simplicity of the gospel. Thank you for their humility and the anointing that you placed upon their lives. Bless the gift and the giver now. Multiply it many times over to both. In the name of Jesus, amen. Ushers, go ahead. You stand with us we close our service this morning this afternoon Pardon me you're perfect you are to have Terry Hall here with us voice of the village would you close us this morning would you come and close us sir pastor would you come come on lift your hands
3: God we just celebrate we celebrate thank you Jesus for touching lives today thank you for setting people free God we are so hungry for more Freedom in our state, God. We are hungry for that revival. We are hungry for more of You starting in us. Starting in me. Thank You, God, for touching our lives today. Thank You, God, for the seed You've planted, for the lives that have been touched, the lives that have been changed. Freedom from bondage. Thank You, God, for that freedom in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that You would just continue breathing this word in my life and in other lives today. As we go about our afternoon, I pray, God, that we would vibrate with your spirit changing us from the inside. Lord, bring us back together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you. God bless you. We hope to see you tonight.